Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Arcade Vaults podcast, where we're chatting all things gaming. back on the podcast it's been a while sorry it's been a while but we are now uh yeah we're back we're back i've said it like three times because i'm really excited we're back uh this week uh we have uh kieran and will with me um uh, i'm not actually in the arcade vaults this is as you can see by my magically disappearing hands this is an effect um we but i we are recording so we're good this is just this is not real basically is what i'm saying Guys, how are you doing? Uh, good evening. I'm doing very well. How are you? All right. Kieran, it's your first time on the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, just, just, oh, I should, I, I, I'm completely surprised <laughs> you with this. Just, just, just like, it's just 10 seconds. I was born in the early <laughs> 90s. <laughs> no, I am. Um, no, I've just always been a big lover of the of the video game medium, um, starting with the Sega Dreamcast back in the in the late nineties, and um, yeah, yeah. As uh, as time's gone on, my my love has just grown and grown and grown for them, and uh, you know, I love going back uh, in history and playing those old consoles, which uh, brought me to the Arcade Vaults events, and then the Arcade Vaults, the venue, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, started, I did a few, I've done a few volunteer shifts there. Um, uh, just because I wanted to be, yeah, closer to the community and, uh, and to the and to the venue. Yeah, and uh, you've been a great help. Uh, obviously, we've cut down on the number of people behind the bar in recent times for various reasons. But uh, I'm sure we'll, you'll be back again very soon. Um, uh, Will, of course, how you doing, Will? You all right? You've had a nice, nice week. I've had a nice week. Thank you for saying. <laughs> I think we're episode fifteen. We now. are on episode fifteen. Think, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, guys, yeah, it's. it's should really be episode 19 or so maybe even if should it be episode 20 it could well be meant to be episode 20 but we had to take a break for a few weeks for various reasons um the as everyone probably knows the country is in various degrees of lockdown again um business has been interesting but uh, the more, most important things we're trying to keep every ahead of the regulations and keep everyone safe so there's been a lot of work in the bar and the arcade and the cafe so it's just taken up a lot of time, and for various reasons we keep missing it. But we are back now, and we have a, a full lineup of things to talk about because we just don't have this week's news to talk about. We have the last four weeks' worth of news to talk about. So there is a lot going on. Um, we're going to try and summarise it. Uh, we're also streamlining, streamlining. It's a nice, easy way to say the uh, podcast a little bit. Uh, we will have one talking point this week, but it will be a big talking point, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first up. Uh, we are going to talk about this week's uh, and the last three weeks, four weeks worth of news. Right, guys. So, yeah, uh, we're going to have to dig back into the memory archives a little bit because we got starting. We're going to start back at the when we first, you know, stopped recording, which is about four weeks ago. Uh, there's a few items that we're going to quickly touch upon. Um, the first one uh, is one I want to touch on personally because I'm 
bit perplexed by this decision. But uh, Kotaku UK is shutting down. Now, uh, it's been so long that the link for the article that we shared isn't working anymore. But did you read about this at the time? Did you see any about this or this news? I heard about it. Uh, I didn't know about okay. it. You guys read Kotaku at all? I might even be saying it right, because I always think it's one of those weird words that doesn't sound right. You, it reads one way and you say it and it doesn't sound right. I think it's Kotaku, okay. yeah. Right. Do you guys read the read, read it for Games News at all? Uh, no. I've, uh, I mean, it, it's one of the things that sometimes I've seen like links to their articles and stuff, but I've never been like, oh, what's the next Kotaku article? Hmm. Okay. Yes, same. I started, funnily enough, I started going there quite recently, but I found that the website doesn't really work very well on mobile. <laughs> I don't know if that's a common issue or what, but, but I, yeah. I think it's fair um, to say the whole Kotaku, Gizmodo, io9, they're all part of the same family. They're, they're, their website's got their own problems, but there's always been a UK-specific version of the site, which I guess is relevant because I it's important to have you regional focus on some stories but gaming is such a worldwide international thing that uh, I guess that's the reason they shut it down because the news is the same but the problem is that the main Kotaku website is really US focused which I think is why there was a UK one like most websites I think can keep it global but they never could I don't think they could anyway but so it's it's an interesting decision because the the structure of it is weird as well. Apparently, Kotaku UK wasn't actually part of the same family of sites. It was owned by someone else, as as I sort of like a franchisee or something like that. And they they had the branding and they did their own UK version of the site. It's weird. So maybe that's why it's shutting down. I don't know. I it I just want to touch on it. I guess no one really reads it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a middle age thing. You know, I like reading certain UK focus sites, but it's gone, so... No, they've always been, like, kind of a voice in gaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just kind of like that in general. I never really look at a particular gaming site and read their articles. It's just whatever, whoever gets the story out first, that's what I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um, all right, well, okay, I won't talk too much about that then. Uh, we, <laughs> it is interesting, though, if you do look at the links that we share, a lot of the time they tend to come from two or three of the same sources. Often it's Eurogamer or game in, gamesindustry.biz. I'm just looking at the list now. Uh, they tend to do be, they do tend to be the same sites. So maybe, uh, well, maybe, maybe you're wrong. Maybe we do actually read the same sites. Or maybe it's just yeah. Tom and I, when we're compiling this list, we're just getting it from the same places. I don't know. Um, well, uh, Forbes have made their way onto the newer... Uh, new stories yeah, I find, of the I week. I find that interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what Forbes. Forbes are like finance and stuff, aren't they? I always thought they were like a. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they do like a lot of things. Uh, I think it's even the same journalist that we've got, Dave uh, Fear. Okay. Uh, at least I think that's his surname. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess he sorts the gaming stuff out for Forbes. Oh. And he's done some good articles on this. Okay, so. fair enough. All right. Well, yeah. um, anyway. I've noticed a lot on, of the uh, British tabloids are sort of reporting uh, on games as well. I, I used to, before I changed my settings, on the Google News, it would come up with uh, like the Daily Star and the, and all, and the, the what's the other one? There's another one. And they're always Metro. horrible clickbait articles. Like, uh, it, well, Metro might be, but these ones are like, 
find out next month's PS Plus and you click onto it and it's got nothing. It's just it's pure speculation. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it, it it is interesting where where the, the, the that mainstream, so to speak, mainstream media has started to pick up on a lot of these uh, kind of news stories. But uh, hey, what are you going to do? Um, so uh, uh, speaking of uh, mainstream and. Um, there's been there was some other news that came out uh, a few weeks ago. Um, there's things about Mario. So um, in the time since we launched this, uh, sorry, the time since we paused this podcast, there was uh, a whole story. It, the 35th anniversary of Mario has come and gone. Um, it has come and gone, hasn't it? Have we missed it? I feel like we missed it. Do we miss it? I don't remember the date for it. But obviously, um, like they've released a lot of their stuff for it. Yeah. Uh, well, you should know the date. For should, this. <laughs> should know. I know. I'm saying this is why I'm like. Uh, I think it's coming. Kind of There's been so much news going on. Oh well. Anyway, uh, they they really they were going to release in a a specific ver- uh, ver- a battle royale version of uh, Mario to uh, celebrate the anniversary of Mario, um, the 35th anniversary. Has it, have either of you you've got both you've got a Switch now, haven't you, Kieran? So have I. I- I'm a proud owner of a Switch welcome, as of two weeks ago. Welcome to the club. Uh, have either of you uh, played it or seen it? Not no. yet, no. So, I've only seen the thing that they showed in the Mario 35th anniversary uh, uh, live okay. feed, live stream. Okay. So basically, the uh, the game is... Uh, they recently did Tet- Tetris 99. It's a fantastic game. Um, it's basically Battle Royale for Tetris. They've tried to do the same thing with Mario... You play a Mario level. As you kill enemies, they get knocked onto the uh, your opponent's screen, and until your screen gets so full of enemies that you die, and you have to be the last one standing. It's a weird way of doing it. Yeah, I don't know how well it's doing, uh, but I think it's free to play. I believe it's free to play. Um... All of the stuff that they um, put on that live stream was for a limited time only. So oh, it's limited time only. Yeah, okay. I believe it's like at the end of March you won't be able to play it unless there's a particular oh. cartridge based version. That 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 okay. went for almost everything except for the Mario Kart. Uh okay. you know the whole uh, uh AR, the reality Which we're gonna in. talk about next, yeah. yes. We are uh, with talk the exception about that of that, I believe everything was a limited release only. Okay. Alright. Well, um uh, it's it's fun. I think I don't know how well it's going to do, um, but that does tie nicely into the next thing, which is the AR thing. And this, we need to get. Um, I, the link. This this is amazing. If you haven't seen this, this is amazing. I'm only brushing past the 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 battle royale thing because battle royale's done. This is boring. But this AR thing is amazing. So they they are, they've got these remote control cars, another camera on top, from your Switch. You can control the car and race it around a virtual track. So you can lay out this, these little posts in your living room and it will map out and create a virtual racetrack. So you're basically racing Mario Kart in real life. It is. It looks amazing. Now, it probably has the same novelty and lifespan as the the Labo stuff that, Mario did, that uh, Nintendo did a while ago. However, it depends on what you are doing for for a living and being the owner of a video game arcade 
inside an arcade that is shut at night, it has been pointed out that when our arcade is shut and we're still open, we could create a racetrack in the arcade, in the shopping arcade, where all the shops are shut and we're the only ones that are open, that goes all the way along inside. And no one would know. I mean, obviously, if any of the arcade people are reading this and watching this, I should say, or listening to this, they will know then, but they won't. It'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, we could create a track and it'd be great. We could have, like, race and people, races and people could bring in their cars. But uh, it's expensive. <laughs> it's a really expensive way of playing Mario Kart in real life. I don't know. Um, yeah, have either of you seen these things? Have you seen video the videos of it? I watched the video, yeah, and uh, that is a great idea. And I think if you were going to do that, you'd have to get like ramps and, you know, get some two by fours. Oh yes, maybe, you know, possible for a YouTube sensation. It would be because <laughs> that's what one of my first thoughts is that people are going to make the craziest tracks for this. Yes, I think. definitely, uh, uh, and that's exciting. But it also occurred to me watching the video. I don't know, and I don't want to be a, a pooper on it, but like, if you're just playing it by yourself, you've got the toy, and you're looking at the screen, so the toy's whizzing around, but you're not looking at the toy, so it's almost yeah, <laughs> it's almost irrelevant, because <laughs> you're playing the game. I, I don't know, that occurred to me, but I guess if you're in a, if it's playing with family or whatever, then... Maybe that's the 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 main market, I suppose. It, this is this is this does bring to light a point, though. It's it's a very expensive toy that could very easily break um, in the in the right scenario. So it feels it feels like a, you're right there. <laughs> I, I need to charge my phone. It's fine. Keep carry <laughs> on. Right. Um, yeah, and you know, you you you'll, first you have to get a switch, which isn't cheap then you have to get the game and the car which again isn't cheap and then you've got your basic track sure but then if you want to do anything more advanced or if you want to race against someone they also have to have a switch and have a car like you say so it ends up being a very very expensive toy so it's great and it's probably great if you have space and you're rich and you or you own a business where you can race places race race in places but i think yeah it's a shame really uh it's it's kind of like an almost great idea but not quite right mm. Maybe. Well, I mean, hopefully one day we'll see how it actually goes. Yeah. In the arcade. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Once, 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 uh, once, once we're, uh, you know, doing good bit. You know, once things are better uh, for society as a whole, then we will entertain people with races using what were they even called? This Mario um, home set. Live. Mario Live. Mario Kart Live. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mario Kart Live. Yeah, I will say if there's one thing Mario Kart is, it's consistent. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, if you're hoping for quality, you yeah. know, I mean, I mean, there's been nothing like this, but there's hope. Yeah, right? there's hope. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, uh, other news that came out a few weeks ago. Um, I don't even know if I want to talk about this. EA being scummy again. They uh they put live ads into um, UFC four uh, about a week or two after they launched it. So um, game launched, it was reviewed, and then they activated live ads in the game. Now this isn't the first time that live ads have been trialed by a company in a game, but it's, it's just a really why why do we need adverts in a game? I mean a game that you've paid for. This is to be put to be clear here this is a game that people are paying 40 50 pounds for to own 
and they're putting ads in it, and the ads are interrupting the game. Why? I mean, I hate it. Sorry, it's, it's EA, you know. No, no, it is fascinating, isn't it? Like, their PR. <laughs> like, yeah. you'd think they'd want people, you know, they want the market to change their perception of... Yeah, absolutely. Of, you, th- of you think people... They, they've got, they, 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 I mean, okay, granted they've got some guaranteed sellers in their portfolio, but surely you'd want to have games that people... Surely you want people to like you, so they buy your games. You want to have good a good reputation. They just don't have a good reputation because they're, they're EA. Anyway, I digress. Part of the problem in these adverts was is that um, so they released the game, which already kind of has adverts in its own way. So you know, like how in the Octagon they have uh, their sponsors yes. on the ground, yeah, yeah. you know, which is to be honest adds to the authentic feel of the UFC that game. Would work, right? But yeah. uh that that uh the game was released like four weeks after and that's when they put them uh the adverts in. And um to be honest, I think I only saw it briefly, but it was occasionally very in your face. Mm. You know, and I heard some people compare it to a mobile game, which shouldn't happen yeah. at, you know, a high premium sixty pound retail video game, should it? Well Well it's designed to emulate as you know, as as if you were watching the fight for real, um, which again, someone, not me, definitely not me, would argue adds to the authenticity as well. But I mean, no, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely on the the slightly more scummy side of things. Yeah, and it kind of, it it, 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 it you know what it is? It's like the big companies like EA, the video game companies that you, you video games have always kind of been traditionally like. Yeah, they start out by with these small developers working their way up. They start out as indie developers making a game, and they build up and build up, and they, they become these big behemoths. And yeah, so there's always an an, an underdog mentality and a, and the, the little guy mentality in the industry, I think, and, and certainly by the public. So when a big company does something really scummy like this, you kind of think, well, what? They're letting down the video game ethos of being nice and being the underdog, as you know, because video games are still considered you know, a hobbyist thing, aren't they? So so you don't want your money, you don't want it to be corporate, you don't want people to be spending loads of money on, um, sorry, you don't want executives to be seeing loads of money coming into their pockets and rubbing their hands with glee. Uh, I guess you don't want that in anything, really, but it just seems really, just really money-grabbing and there. That's, <laughs> That's the technical term, there. That's what I say. And just to let our viewers know, The Boys is available now on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, if Amazon get in touch with yeah, us we, about any kind of advertising, that's fine. That's different. Yeah. That's different. Please use the links provided, uh, their affiliate links. Uh, we'll get like a thousand pounds every time you click on one of these links. Um, you know, just, that, yeah, just to watch The Boys and whatever. Anyway. Um, right. Okay. Uh, I say, you know what? One day, right, this podcast will be so popular that uh, advertisers will be knocking on our door and we'll be like interrupting podcast midstream genuinely, not to just, you know, we, we, it will happen. You know, right? watch. And then I'll, then I'll be eating my words, won't I? Um, anyway. Right, let's move on. Uh, so that that was for a few weeks ago. Um, uh, so what else has been happening in the last few weeks? Game and Watch is back, right? Uh, so Will, you found, you were interested in this thing, I think, weren't you? You found this story about Nintendo are releasing a new version of the Game and Watch, which is basically 
going to have a little color screen and it's going to be a, a full game in a tiny format. What what else do we know about this? Yes, yeah, so they uh, they announced this. Uh, I believe they showcased it on the Super Mario 35 anniversary uh, live stream where they talked about the Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, um, they're releasing a Game & Watch in color uh, that has uh, the original 1985 Super Mario Bros. Uh, on it. Uh, it has level Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels, uh, and it has uh, the ball, but uh, a Mario version of that game, which I believe was on the original Game Watch. Uh, it's got a color LEC, uh, LCD screen, and it's got a rechargeable battery, and uh, it can work like a clock, uh, like it originally uh, used to be. Okay. So, um, And I believe it's not actually too expensive. It's coming out, I think it was November 9th, mm-hmm. kind of the early Novembers, and I believe it was um, being charged around 50, 60 pounds. So uh, if you can, if you didn't get a pre-order in, and you're scared about uh, buying a digital, you know, new console, uh, Game of Watch is always there for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um... But I mean, it, it's fascinating, and it's always uh, nice to see when um, you know companies go back and because uh, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people before who say I grew up on the Game of Watch, yeah. and uh, I mean, it's it's a nice little gizmo. It's I love how it looks exactly like the Nintendo DS, which was like my kind of childhood handheld console. Actually, uh, but I'm just like, right, how does it not play? So, <laughs> where's the I think you'll find. I think you'll find the DS <laughs> looks more like a Game and Watch uh, rather yes. than it's just just you know just a generational but, thing but, here because I remember Game and Watches. I remember growing up in them. So, hmm, just saying. Well, obviously, well, obviously you're correct. <laughs> but for someone who didn't know what a Game & Watch was when I was seven or eight or however old I was, it's like, oh, yeah, here's a Game & Watch. And it's like a Nintendo DS. Yeah. Now it's in color. <laughs> uh, Kieran, are you into? you ever play the handhelds of the Game & Watches or anything like that? Or? I don't think I ever... No, I don't think I ever have played a Game & Watch. And, yeah, this... It's just not super interesting to me. It's kind <laughs> of seems like very much a very much a collector's item. Yeah. Um, yes, I think they said um, it was limited availability well, of it. So um, it, it it reminds me of the thing that Sega did announced a while back, where they announced those really mi- tiny, tiny little mini mini consoles that just seemed a bit ridiculous. So I don't know. I don't know. It seems a bit right. Well, uh, let, let, let's just be fair here. This Game & Watch does look like a pretty good device. You know, if you were a fan of Game & Watch, this looks good. As someone who loves Sega and all, uh, you know, their history, mm-hmm. y- you would buy one of those tiny, what was it, Game Gears, was no, it? No, it wasn't a Game Gear. It was like an arcade machine. Wasn't it arcade? I think, they, no. Oh, I forget what they were. It was like, I thought I thought it was like a Game Gear. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was yeah, like yeah. pocket size. Yeah. And it had, and you, you know, it wasn't like but, there was select games the, there. There was one game, and it was the size of your finger. And the, the, they definitely seem like collector's items. Whereas I think this, this, at least this game and watch seems like it's actually playable. You know, it's got a decent sized screen, not a screen that's like that's that big. Uh, for the, for those listening to the podcast, I've made a very small, uh, <laughs> made a very 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 small thing with my finger. Very very small. Um, I mean, it's what uh, all of these things though are collector's items because the problem you got with the gaming watches and the game gears and all these things is you can pretty much play all of them on other formats. Like you can get all the games. Uh, the Switch, the, the Switch itself has got like a ton of old NES and SNES games. You know, it's got. I'm sure it's got them. 
I want to say now, I'm not sure. I don't think it has got the last levels on it, or but you know what I mean. The, the, there's other ways of playing these games. You could just get the original consoles. Why not get the original consoles? There's a huge market out there for it. Anyway, well, I mean, there is a color screen to it, and there is added fins. I've I, I've been. This is actually it looks pretty good. Uh, but as you said, that like it's not kind of jumping out to the mainstream. It hasn't been the first thing you mm. thought of, and that thirty um, fifth Mario anniversary, mm. and it's certainly going to get drowned out uh, in mainstream news with the playstation and the xbox being released at the same time yes uh we'll get and we will get on to that very shortly uh in fact no you know what let's talk about that now because basically since the last podcast uh the the big the big 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 news uh has been both the ps5 and the xbox have had showcases and had their prices announced, and have actually launched their pre-orders, and yeah, they both happened, and they've both been fairly, I think, disastrous to say the least, uh, with a mixture of technical problems, uh, pricing confusions, and and all sorts of weird things going on. Um, I, we're going to talk more about this in our talking points later, but um, I so let's start with the Xbox. So, the Xbox, the, the, the launch was so confusing, the pre-launch, the pre-order, sorry, was so confusing, that sales of the Xbox One, uh, wait, wait, which? People were buying the Xbox One X, Exa- which is the pro to the Xbox One, rather than the Xbox Series yeah, X. Yeah, that's how, because the sales for that rose, I, I, genuinely, this isn't a correct stat, but it was something like 200%. Yeah, yeah, I think there was, it was something ridiculous like that, I think you're right, um, so, the 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 big thing that Xbox have got at the moment is they've got a branding issue. We we in the Arcade Vaults team we have a chat about this regularly because you've got the Xbox One currently you've got the Xbox One, the Xbox One X, the Xbox One S, then you've got the Xbox One Series X. If I'm getting this right, correct me if I'm. So the the new ones is the Xbox Series, Series X, X S. which is the you know the new premium yeah. disc based one. The Series S is the budget. Right disc only yep. one no sorry digital only yep. one um yeah i don't remember there being an xbox one s because there was an xbox one s i, I there was there was, was definitely a... <laughs> an xbox one s so the the uh, x and s xbox series x and s went live uh the x sold out fairly quickly not many people are buying the s was that correct i think they're all they're both gone now um just reading the links I'm fairly certain they've all sold out now, but I might be. I think I think I think the S. Uh, the last time I checked, there was availability. For oh, okay, that. okay. But uh, I, but that was quite a long time ago. The X was getting sold out quite quickly. So the S is the smaller, more lighter weight version than the X. Uh, it uh, it's probably the, it's the cheapest of all the new generation uh, consoles, which is really surprising that. It's really surprising that it hasn't sold more then, which I, I'm, I, I, you know, it's what two was it two hundred fifty dollars? I can't even remember the price now. Uh, or significant something, something like, like that. that. And yeah. the Xbox Series X was bigger and more powerful and more expensive, and everyone wanted that over the S. Uh, so uh, it's all very confusing that the name brand, but um. Hey, you know, they've gone live, they've had their problems, but I don't know if there's going to be more stock of the X coming in, um, but... Mm. I think I think they've 
them and PlayStation Sony, as we'll probably get to in a second, have basically been saying the same thing, which was um, selective retailers may announce that they have some available. But to be honest, you know, if you were waiting for a PlayStation or Xbox, I wouldn't get your hopes up mm. until maybe the launch day. I wouldn't even say that. I'd say you might have to wait till after Christmas or New Year at this point. Um, so the PS5 uh, also had its price announced and has also done a top-end version and a bottom-end version. Uh, so you've got the the regular PS5. Was it just a PS5 and a PS5 digital edition, right? The digital edition is cheaper because it hasn't got a drive. Um, they're both ginormous. And in terms of power, unlike the Series X and the Series S, both PS5s are of equal power just one's missing a drive um i don't even know if the storage is bigger on the uh digital version which you'd expect because it's a digital version but i'm pretty certain that it's they're quite the same so uh well actually as you as you say that ign uh i remember when they released the prices and stuff for both the playstation and the xboxes uh not all of that was clear for the digital edition so uh, they uh, put in the comparisons to each console. Oh, I've seen that, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I think of the PS5 and the digital PS5, I think it might have been, mm. actually. And uh, it said to be announced, to be announced for a lot of the specs and stuff like well, that, that, which was... even It was even the console size as well that had a to be announced, well, they, which is quite baffling. That is quite baffling. The PS5 has only just... as I think they announced it yesterday or the day before. They've only just been caught in the wild in Japan. People have actually had one in their hands, reviewers, not, uh, you know, um, industry people. So, um, so hope maybe by this time next week's podcast we'll be able to talk more about that. Uh, but yeah, they they are ginormous. Uh, personally, I'd still rather if we'll talk. I will talk about some talking points. Uh, but personally, I still rather get a PS Five if I was getting one, um, which I might not be. Um, out of the you know the four consoles probably get the ps5 disc version um but yeah they it's there's we're going to be talking about a lot about the the xbox series and the ps5 over the next few months i guess so i'm gonna to spend too long talking about it um yeah no but this is peak news this stories, is peak man. news stories yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're also starting to catch up with the current events um I will. I think. I think it's pretty clever. The 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 XS. Well, you know, brand name aside, I think it's pretty clever the pricing structure there because you you're creating the world's most powerful console for people who care, yeah. but then you're also providing this other thing which is great for casual gamers. It's great for families. Combined with Game Pass, you know, and combined with this um, Xbox All Access, which allows you to pay for it. As if it like like a mobile phone contract mm. where you're paying, I think it's twenty one pound a month for two years, and potentially, you know, we know that first all first first party games are coming out on Game Pass. Potentially, you don't need to buy any games for that. You just keep paying your twenty one pound. I mean, that's 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 a really good deal yeah. <laughs> for you know for someone who just wants to play a few games now and then, or or like I say, a family because the Game Pass. Uh, catalog is quite it's quite varied um yeah i just i think it is i think it's very good very clever um yeah so props to them for that yeah you kind of got to give them credit in that sense that 
you know, one thing Sony hasn't really been able to capitalize on is their version of Game Pass, I think, and uh, this next generation, I think it's not... So the the PS5 might end up being the better console, I don't know, uh, but the Game Pass and the, the all-access stuff, Microsoft are onto something with that. So they may ultimately not sell as many consoles they may as as Sony. They may ultimately not have as many fantastic exclusives and well reviewed games as Sony. But they are certainly probably going to be making more money than Sony, just based off the back of Game Pass and or and the and the all access system. I mean, why wouldn't they? You know, license licensing and subscriptions are the way forward in the industry. It would seem, rather than people paying one of fees. With that pricing structure as well, I mean, I was think I I can't believe I even caught myself thinking like this. You, you could get people who are definitely going to buy a PS5 being able to afford an Xbox as well. Mm. But the same isn't true the other way around, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's all, yeah. Interesting way of looking at that. I like that. You're right. Because <laughs> if you can afford to pay for a one-off fee for a very expensive console like the PS5, you probably have enough to pay the monthly fee for the all-access. Whereas if you're only I'm... able to afford the all-access, you can't pay the large one-off fee. Yeah, yeah, interesting way of looking at that. It, it makes sense that the disc version of the PS5 is more expensive than uh, the digital one, yeah. because essentially, as customers, we have the choice of playing games digitally or physically. Mm. But as people said, £90 difference uh, for a drive. the scale for that. And uh, whereas with the Xbox, it's almost uh, it's either £200 or under £200 mm. uh, for the difference between you know the next-gen premium hardware and the thing that's available for anyone ready to play. The, the argument there is that it's the uh, the power behind the console as well, not just the drive, missing drive. You know, they've actually depowered it. Even though you can technically play the same games on both consoles, you'll get a better experience on the Series X. Um, but then, you know, they're saying that you can play some of these games on the One X as well. So probably... Ugh, that's so confusing. There's also the backwards compatibility aspect on the one x um which again my ears pricked up when they started talking about this about being able to play a large number i think they've said a large number of xbox xbox 360 and xbox one games and they'll be enhanced somehow mm. there'll be there's some sort of ai magic going on yeah. underneath, the, underneath the covers that will increase frame rates i think possibly reduce loading times like some really quite interesting stuff to be able to play you know the three previous generations of games on um well it, yeah that, that was quite it. and and those features aren't available on the s i think they've said yeah now. that's right that's um, the s doesn't do the same enhancements as the series x um so the 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 big generational leap from the graphics card manufacturers the big you know the big two nvidia and ati uh, it is ATI at the Radeon. There's still there there there. There's a lot of talk about the uh, the use of AI. I'm not quite sure what that means, but certainly they're using technologies to provide the same upscaling enhancements that you get on a TV when you're watching. Um, and uh, uh, well, back in the day when you used to watch a, a regular SD stream on full HD, it would upscale everything. And now they're talking about using those same technologies or more complicated versions built into the graphics cards that will allow you to uh, enhance uh, upscale the graphics from a 
for uh, you know an HD game into potentially 8K because they are starting to talk about 8K now. 4K isn't even in mainstream yet, but they are talking about 8K. So, you know, they they're trying to look ahead, and you can see what they're doing. But that those technologies, that's what they're talking about. And you know, I I don't I don't know whether I don't, I don't maybe that's probably why the Series S. This this is what's confusing me, right? Because the Series S doesn't have those enhancements, can still play all the same games. So why are people spending an extra two hundred pounds or dollars on the X to get enhancements for TVs that they probably haven't even got? Do you know they're just it's, it's crazy. Because uh, it's, <laughs> they're gonna have the best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. We'll talk more about the the. PS5 and the series is Xbox series is their series S and X in a second. Uh, but we'll carry on talking about Microsoft for a second. So this is very big news. Um, I'm told. Uh, I, uh, you know, Kieran, you said earlier you, you struggle to get excited about some things. I struggle to get excited about Bethesda. So Bethesda have just been bought out by Microsoft for. And I will acknowledge this. This is a significant amount of money, but seven point five billion dollars. I I can't fathom this. Is it is it actually a billion? I still can't believe it actually is a billion. Yeah, billion. What what what? It, it was more than uh, Disney paid for Star Wars. Yep. Uh, if you followed the news story uh, in the last week or so, it was more than uh, the pair of guys from Blackburn bought Asda from the UK. Mm-hmm. That was something like six billion. So this is obviously a huge amount of money. Yeah, it's. it's I have no. I completely acknowledge that this is a huge amount of money. It's ridiculous. Um, some people are very. Uh, what's the word? They're they're very conflicted about Microsoft owning some of the big big uh, franchises. So those franchises would include, uh, obviously, the Elder Scrolls series, Fallout. Uh, you know, that's a big thing. Wolfenstein, Doom, uh, Dishonored. Uh, all of these are now coming under and pray, pray, who plays, praise, praise all right, I suppose. Uh, they're all coming under um, Microsoft's banner now. So it's a big deal uh, if, you, if you play any of those franchises, mainly because everyone's suddenly thinking, oh my God, they're going to be exclusive. I'm not going to be able to play these games for ages if I own a PS5 because Microsoft's going to make it. And you know what? That's probably going to happen. I've already put Doom on Game Pass, I believe, uh, as of. Uh, oh, they have talked about it, so you know they're already they're already doing it. Um, in fact, the whole catalog's probably going to come to Game Pass. I'd, I'd imagine it's a big move. It's ballsy. I am very very surprised that they've done it, but I also struggle to get that bothered about it because ultimately, I'm not a big player of any of those franchises except maybe Doom and occasionally Fallout. So. You used to like Quake, didn't you? I did like Quake, but Quake hasn't had a release uh, in its franchise since... It had Quake Champions, but that was a very weird story, wasn't it? <laughs> the, last, the last significant Quake release would have been Quake 3 Arena for me, but that you know that shows my age. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, Doom's a significant thing, I'll, I'll get that, but then I still have to play the last two Doom games, so I, you know, by the time I played those, the next Doom release will probably have come out on... on whatever PC or console that I've got. So it'd probably be fine. Um, I don't know. What do you guys make of this? Is this uh, a big deal for you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm 
quite the opposite to you. I've been a huge fan of Bethesda for many years. Um, I've loved the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, I love Fallout. I love Doom a lot, the, the latest two Doom games. It, they did it the day before the Xbox Series X slash S pre-orders came out, which obviously just tried to give it like kind of that big boost. Mm. Uh, I think Tom... Um, normal tom who does the podcasts uh he said on one of the podcasts before that xbox's strategy is normally quantity over quality when it comes to their exclusives yeah. because it comes down to the fact that you know playstation have, over the last generation have been knocking them out of the mm-hmm, park mm-hmm. so xbox they've got tons of great availability and tons of choice to play but they haven't got those key games that can really entice players to buy specifically mm-hmm. for the console and Bethesda have made some mistakes over the past couple of years with their brand's reputation. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think that this is a huge gain for them. It's something that made me just go, oh no, <laughs> as someone who's going to get a PlayStation 5. And it actually made me think, wow, an Xbox is now looking pretty good. And uh, Phil Spencer said, uh, in terms of exclusives uh, going to uh, other consoles, other platforms, mm. he says it would be a case-by-case basis. So um, what's also interesting about this as well is is that PlayStation have highly promoted on their um, showcases of their live streams uh, two Bethesda games. Uh, Deathloop was one of them. And I forgot what the other one was off the top of my head. But PlayStation, um, I think there was another one. Uh, Deathloop was the one made by Arcane, Mm -hmm, wasn't mm -hmm. it? And... uh, but yeah, but it's like PlayStation have had deals with Bethesda going into this generation, and this almost makes it, oh, the other way around, doesn't it? I'm wondering when it comes to Phil Spencer saying, are these games exclusives? So we'll take Starfield, for example, which is Bethesda Softworks' new open world RPG before they make The Elder Scrolls Six. I reckon that that's going to be released on Xbox and PC first, and then maybe in two years' time, they'll release on PS5 after kind of maybe it has its community right uh, but I maybe mean, after the initial hype of the game goes which is kind of sad but at the end of the day like there's always tons of games for you to play well, regardless yeah, of what yeah, system absolutely. you have so uh, i'd say almost almost with almost certainly the next release of all the big bethesda uh franchises are going to be timed for exclusives except probably death loop which has already got it's you know contractual cycling and the other one which i i also can't remember but you know there's also the argument to say that if you can you imagine doom and fallout to not being released even even okay take time to exclude out of it after after time because there's going to be potentially at least two or three other games that are coming out in the future on these kind of franchises say fallout 6 if that was not released on whatever platform ps5 or 6 or whatever there'd be a huge uproar doom can you imagine doom not coming out on on another platform that's just crazy i, I can't see how it would happen i mean i say that but then you know i think it's an unwritten law that doom has to be released on pc yeah yeah, yeah. but microsoft will, <laughs> microsoft will definitely release it on pc it's it's it's, it's strange Microsoft Microsoft strategy with Minecraft, which is obviously a huge phenomenon over the last 10 years or so, uh, they've been very kind of relaxed uh, since they bought the license to that. So, like, they released that on Switch. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I imagine they're going to be releasing Minecraft on PS5 as oh, yeah, well. Oh, yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, 
So, uh, yeah, so I don't think it's the end of the world if you were hoping to get a PlayStation 5. But, I mean, even though at the end of the day it was good news, it's great news for Xbox. For me, it was still kind of scary, and it made me think, damn, that Xbox is now looking pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's, there's a lot of speculation at this point. It could just be a, a business deal in the sense of they now own the company, they're now going to get percentage of the of their profits mm. and Microsoft can share their resources, what have you and it has no bearing on exclusivity whatsoever, potentially uh, but that's, yeah, as we've discussed that's pretty pretty unlikely in terms of time exclusives and stuff mm. um, yeah, I've been wondering about this, um, I guess I wonder if there's a bit of big games like Bethesda RPGs keep people on streaming services, maybe um mm. like but then yeah the sort of slightly pessimistic side of me is thinking is there something else going on here is there something that we don't know about yet yeah. that's making bethesda worth that kind of money like you know some something out of left field let's say i mean this is just off the top of my head let's say starfield you can't buy it it's on game pass and that's the only way you can play it Something along those lines. It's an in- yeah, um, that's an interesting idea. Or, or, and again, this is purely speculation. Or, you know, they're going to ramp up Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Online, make them, you know, get the get you know somehow build up the player base there, and somehow make it more <laughs> microtransactiony and and more of a cash cow. Because there there has to be something like those IPs are you know huge gaming IPs, but they're not. They're not worth that. <laughs> They're not well, worth more. Well, I'm certain that like Elder Scrolls and Fallout have done really well on stuff like merchandising as well, which also kind of That's comes into it. Idea. That's a very interesting. Uh, point, like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think I have like a Fallout mug at home somewhere, and like you know, I, I've seen tons of people do cosplay and you know the whole Vault, vault Boy <laughs> kind of icon. stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, like, so with the Avengers uh, game, they obviously, Spider-Man will be an exclusive character for that. I could see stuff that, like, maybe if it comes to online stuff, like Elder Scrolls Online, there'll be exclusive kind of parts of Tamriel. They'll be uh, for Xbox, Microsoft users. Which So you're kind of getting a base version, maybe, if you're playing PlayStation, but you won't be getting a full experience Mm. like you will on the Xbox. Yeah, um, I also think... uh... I also think, actually, maybe you touched on something there, Kieran, that maybe think that this whole licensed model that Microsoft are going for. Maybe you're right. Maybe they will focus more on the on the on the subscription-based games that Bethesda have in their portfolio, and make those those the cash cows. Uh, you'll still they'll still sell their one-off dooms, and they'll make them multi-platform. Maybe they do timed exclusives and. You know, for that, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the key that because otherwise, how are they going to recoup 7.5 billion? I mean, you know, it's just that's 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 yeah, I can't, I can't even fathom that money. That is just ridiculous. Well, I also didn't think Microsoft still had that reserve of money. I mean, I know they're not they're not as big as they were in their heyday, but. They can't be making that much money anymore. And where did they get those reserves from? They haven't got Apple money, have they? So it's it's an interesting thing, and we're gonna to have to see how that pans out. Um, well, I don't know what's what's the next big. Is it 
what's the next? Is it uh, Deathloop and Star Starfield? Are those the next two big games from Bethesda? There was another one for on PS Five. You can't remember. Time exclusive, which I can't remember. I'll have I'll have a look actually, cause just because it's a bugger me now. <laughs> Well, yeah, looking at that, we're going to touch on just a couple more stories for this week before we uh, move on. Um, so, uh, there's been some stuff happening in the world of uh, retro gaming remasters. Um, Crash 4 um, got... Uh, actually, I should say, there's been, a, there's been a quite a lot of remasters happening, and especially since we... Uh, went off the air so to speak uh tony hawk uh pro skater one and two came out actually and i just like to say that that is how you do a remaster that's a great game but i want to talk about that because it's you know can i just just before we go up uh to the next topic yeah. uh obviously we we had hands on with that tony hawk demo and that was pretty good i just checked as well ghostwire tokyo is the ps5 right okay that's the game. um crash 4 has uh been released in the last week and it is this week's best-selling game even beating star wars squadrons which is also out which i also hear is quite good from uh, some play people who have been playing it with vr um which is just crazy uh, i mean i know crash was not technically a remaster but it's a it's certainly a retro it's 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 i mean for, for all intents and purposes everyone's saying that it's a true sequel to crash 3 and in that it's got very similar sort of difficulty levels and it's very evoking of old crash games so you know it's um it's interesting that these uh these older kind of franchises are sort of popping up now and making a big big dent um i will and i've talked about this loads before um I'm not of the crash generation. I I get I can see why people get excited about it more so than say, you know, why people are up in arms about Bethesda in some ways, but I I'm not that excited about Crash 4. I'm sorry. Uh this is probably like a generation Z versus uh, millennial thing. I don't know. I just eh, that's all I can say. Kieran, a crash person? Uh it's too hard. <laughs> I, I think the uh... I played the original, uh, the you know the PS One original yeah. on my PS Three, and uh, you know it's fun. It's a fun platformer, but man, is it frustrating! Um, I've been tempted by the the Insane trilogy, um, just because it looks it just looks fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's throw the controller at the floor yeah. <laughs> levels of. <laughs> frustration so that that puts me off a little bit if well uh i found crash 2 was a lot i, I like that a lot more than one but part of that is because i found it easier and i'm not sure whether that's just because i got better over it over time or whether it's just that crash 1 is so insanely hard so if you were to get the insane trilogy you might want sk to skip crash 1 <laughs> because crash 1 is like one of the most like I mean, for a game which is obviously very colourful, very, you know, <laughs> I don't right. think I've swore more a game than I have Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> it, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Crash and uh, their platform games. I love its style. I, I love the fact that it is actually quite difficult. Uh, but, you know, the whole music and stuff like that, it, to me, it, I'd put it up there with Sonic and Mario in terms of as much fun as you can get. Those kinds of things. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we said on a podcast before that Crash Four, it's the first. It's now in canon 
the fourth main yes. series game. Yes. So PS2 games, they never they existed. Never existed weird, yeah. But this is, but um, obviously the Insane Trilogy and Crash Team Racing has mounted Crash to have a bit of a comeback. Mm. But this is, in reality, the first Crash main series game to come out in 12 years. Yeah, it's a big deal. Which, uh, and uh, people have been saying it's good. The trailers have made the game look great. Um, and yeah, it looks... It looks great. I hope. I hope that one day it becomes like a free game on like a PlayStation Plus or something. It probably will. Because, because I imagine it will. Because it's kind of. Uh, one thing I was going to bring up about this was that um, the game sales for Crash Four have not been. At least I think it was physical sales have not been what uh, the Insane Trilogy had. Oh, really. And part of that, yeah. So uh, I think on the article that we have posted. 82 uh, well no sorry 82 percent of the sales were on playstation 4 over xbox okay. maybe that's partly because of um uh crash has been predominantly a playstation series mm-hmm. but yeah like um obviously covid comes into play with this but um, so crash has uh, yeah crash has not had what the original uh trilogy uh sales have been and the same with star wars squadrons as well in comparison mm. to jedi fallen order um launch sales for that was 72 percent lower than fallen order for star wars squadrons which i'm not entirely surprised about because star wars squadrons has come out and i was like oh that's coming that's, out. i was about and to say i was about to say the same thing you know? the problem with star wars squadron has been not that i'm not interested in the game because i was like oh this game looks really interesting but they haven't talked about it at all there's been no hype there's been no buzz, uh, considering it's got VR support built into it and it's multi-platform VR support, and it's got cross-play as well. Why not m- more people talking about it? It's also cheap. It's a £35 game. so And it's Star Wars. And it's Star Wars. <laughs> it's crazy that people aren't talking about it more. So I, I don't know what's going on about that. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go in the next couple of weeks if I can um, and see see what it's like and hopefully I might be able to talk about it on one of the follow up past podcasts because that is right up my street that kind of game but anyway we digress I, I think this is mostly as well UK box sales okay. so of course they're going to be further down just because of COVID mm-hmm. and you've also got to keep in mind as well these titles and part of the reason why I haven't got any of them at the moment is that these titles are uh, coming out uh, towards a new console generation, aren't they? Yeah, Where that's people true. Spend four hundred fifty pounds true. on a new console. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to talk about one more thing then before we uh, move on to our talking point, and uh, just the recasting of of <laughs> of, of uh, uh, what's well. So Spider-Man PS5 uh, is coming out. Uh, everyone's a bit hyped about it. The Ultimate Edition this is. Uh, it's got the whole Miles Morales. The remastered edition is a, is a remaster of the current Spider-Man game. And the hype is obviously to time with the Miles Morales version that's coming out. But what they've done is they have recasted... Recasted? Cast? Recast? <laughs> Sorry, I said I meant to say remastered and my brain put... Car- anyway. Uh, <laughs> recasted. Yeah. They've recast, um, or they kind of recast uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and they've tried to make him look a bit more like Tom Holland. It's all very weird. Um, have you guys seen this? Um, That's not what they said, is it? Well, <laughs> yeah, so so this is uh, the motion capture as yeah. well, so it's not the voice actor. So uh, Yuri Lowenthal, uh, he's still the voice actor in the yeah. game, but they've changed the motion capture from the old actor who was John Bubniak, uh, I think that's his surname, to uh, the new one who's being played by Ben Jordan. Okay. 
So uh, a lot of people have actually been saying that the actual new visuals for Spider-Man, the remastered version on PS5, which will be released on the Ultimate Edition of Miles Morales, actually looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like they're using ray tracing technology and, on this. Uh, yeah. So, for example, if you're up on a building or whatever, yeah. the mirrors will make you uh, will show almost like reflections. And yeah, stuff yeah, it, like it, it's it, 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 ray tracing tech is amazing. It's it's it looks amazing, but the issue here specifically is why they have done a remodel of the character right because the motion captures yeah. necessarily have to reflect that and they've clearly tried to well they're saying they haven't right that's what they say they haven't done this on purpose the official story was it didn't work they that some somehow the improvements in graphical fidelity meant that using the original face model somehow didn't look right um but <laughs> like... yes but, but by sheer coincidence the new model looks a bit like tom holland and kind of looks worse yeah i tom think holland, yeah. Um, um i i agree he, uh, the the tom holland character in the mcu is clearly meant to be a teenager he looks like a teenager he's young i know tom holland isn't actually as young as he looks but you know the, there's a target market the character in the game spider's piece parker is meant to have been spider-man for eight years he's older more experienced he's meant to be giving miles um advice you know as a mentor and you look at the model that he's got, and he looks like two. He looks younger than you, Will. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's. I, I think the Spider-Man in this is supposed to be twenty-three. So uh, he does not look. Uh, that's not a good sign because I'm not twenty-three <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, he does not look twenty-three. Um, it's it's an interesting choice. Uh, I guess they just want to get people to buy it. I suppose. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, this is kind of a weird thing because it's like. If it ain't broke, don't fix mm -hmm. it. And I think, uh, you know, I think you could attest to this better, Chris, as you were a big fan of The Last Spider-Man. I'm not it. sure about uh, you, Kieran. Yeah. Uh, you liked it? Yeah. But tons of praise on Spider-Man and its portrayal of Peter Parker yeah, in the absolutely. game. So, you know, it's not like, a, well, like the Spider-Man the Peter Parker could have been better. So I don't know whether it was contractual issues. Um, honestly, as someone who hasn't actually. played the PS4 Spider-Man, I don't think it looks too bad, me personally speaking. Yeah, have you not played uh, it yet, Will? Come on! <laughs> I'm making a gesture. Oh, no, no. <laughs> There's so many video games now, I can't play them all. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, obviously, like I know, like a lot of abuse has been thrown at the the developers for Which this. So obviously, you have a right. You you obviously have a right to be kind of upset about changes like this. But you know, let's try to be calm and constructive about it's it. Like... You know, but. I disagree. <laughs> Uh, it's it's like Puddlegate all over again. Uh, when the the original when they originally talked about Spider Man for the PS4, uh, there was lots of beautiful screenshots and there was this whole scene that they showed where he was like it, it's one of the many times he's in a building that's under construction and there were puddles on the ground and it looked amazing. And then when the final game came out. There was only like one puddle on the ground or something like that. And everyone went, oh my God, this is horrible. This game, they've been lied to. I want my money back. And it was all very, very angry. And people are like, ridiculous. And it's like, hold on, guys. It's a puddle in a video game. Calm down <laughs> and be chill. It, 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 The game's still fantastic. And there, there, There's been a lot of like cases like that. Course, I know yeah. Watch Dogs was a big one last gen, uh, which was like, oh, it looks like this. It's not the same thing, and the same thing with Anthem. It's almost like, oh yeah, there are spaceships that fly around when you're moving around, and then in the natural game, it's not mm -hmm. there. But obviously, Spider-Man kind of came out to critical acclaim and beloved by many, 
And yeah, it's a weird change, but the, the developer said it's something that they got used to as the thing got went on. Okay. But as a remastered that came out two years ago, it's kind of a weird choice, especially for something that works. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, d- I still, I still, if I do get a PS5, I, so when I got the, when I upgraded from the PS3 to the PS4, I did own The Last of Us on the previous console, and I did get the remaster of The Last of Us. But there was a larger uh, time gap between that, and I can see myself eventually getting a PS5, and I probably would get the remaster of Spider-Man because it's such a good game, and I would happily play it again. I guess I'd, we'll see what, what the final version looks like. They might change it again. It could be a Sonic film so fiasco all over again. They might be so upset by it and or just revert to the older model. I don't know. Um, I think I think it's too soon to the game's release. Yeah. Because uh, this is coming out with Miles Morales, the Ultimate Edition. Oh, really? That's soon. Which is immediately, yeah. So there's no way I, I doubt they're going to be able to fit in the I, I My argument was that they'd... Um, they might perhaps give the option to switch the models, but uh, I thought about this afterwards, and I don't think you can do that because potentially I, I could be wrong about this, but potentially a lot of the um, a lot of the cutscenes are pre-rendered, so they probably wouldn't be able to change the model. You wouldn't be able, unless they they did two versions of all the pre-renders. I don't know. Um, I I don't want I don't want to be like you know one of those. If you don't like it, don't play it. But there's always the PS4 edition that exists. <laughs> That's you know, true. <laughs> if you really don't like the new Spider-Man, you can just get the Miles Morales only and then play the PS4 version, you know, yeah. if it really bothers you that much. I know, I guess it might be upsetting for people who had an Xbox previously or didn't have a PS4 who might have wanted to play it and they wanted the original experience. But, then but, it's... but I mean, this game is improved in other yeah, ways, yeah. as we've talked about with the ray tracing and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, All right, well, okay, on that note, uh, we are going to call it there we've probably there's been loads more stuff that's happened in the last four weeks and uh, we just haven't got time to talk about it all because you know we're trying to keep the podcast short not make it longer <laughs> but uh all right so uh we're going to switch to this week's talking point singular uh and we are going to talk about uh the next gen consoles and uh whether anyone is going to bother uh we'll be right back Hello. Right. So, uh, the talking point this week: next gen consoles. So, obviously, we've touched on this already. Um, we've got two consoles coming out, and the pre-orders already gone live. Two versions of each console. The cheapest one is two hundred and what did we say? Two hundred fifty pounds. I think. I think it was two hundred fifty pounds for the Xbox. Um, Series, Series S, S uh, which has sold the least. This is bizarre. I still can't get my head around this. The cheapest console has sold the least. The PS5 orders are both out on both consoles, and the Xbox Series X has sold out on pre-orders. Well, the disc version, uh, sorry, the digital-only version of the PS5 has had limited availability uh, by a lot of selected retailers as well. Okay. So... Uh, just one now, which is obviously the cheap edition of the PlayStation 5 as well. So a lot of people have been questioning Sony, and they haven't, I believe they haven't showcased that any of them. So obviously in Japan, they were giving demos mm-hmm. out. They haven't done that with the digital versions yet. So there's a couple of questions about the digital yeah, version. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because Sony had been talking about how they've ramped up production above and beyond what they were expecting to do. So you'd have thought there'd be lots of consoles available. 
Um, but they, I don't know if they're pulling it in Nintendo and they're intentionally limiting supply to create more of a hype. But all it's done for me is, as, and and given the cost of them as well, because it, the you know the PS Five is four hundred ninety nine, it's nearly five hundred quid basically. Four hundred fifty. Yeah, we're looking at like basically by the time you get all your extras and stuff, and five hundred quid. On top of that, on top of that, the next generation they're talking about games costing seventy quid. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling less and less inclined to want to spend that on a console and the games. You know, the Christmas is going to come around. You spent nearly half, nearly you know, half a grand on consoles and games. Just you know, who's got that disposable income in this current climate? I don't know. Um, are you? Are either of you? Did you get pre-orders? Are you going to get pre-orders? What do you think? Are you going to bother at all with this generation? Not for a while, mm. um, and that's for me. That's predominantly based on my previous experience. I bought the PS4, I think, about a year after it came mm-hmm. out, and for a long time, I just remember feeling obligated to buy PS4 games rather than buying games because I wanted to play them. <laughs> um, I, and I was still playing things on my PS3 and, and things like this. And people, you know, people would ask me, "Oh, how's the PS4?" Oh, I'm not really. I'm playing a PS3 game at the mm-hmm. minute, and, it, and I kind of not that I care particularly but like i don't know i felt a bit like i jumped the gun a little bit on the ps4 um and it took a while for those real goods you know the games we remember that this generation for to actually come out um is that there's also i've got just got lists and lists and lists of games um that i've yet to play same um, this generation and previous generations i've got a ps4 a pc and a switch you know, as of two weeks ago, as I said earlier, mm. I've got enough to keep me going for a long time, yeah. um, and 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 also, yeah, as you say, the cost as well. Um, you know, PS4 games hopefully should be getting cheaper, so that's another incentive to stick with this generation yeah. for now. Yeah, true, um, and yeah, it's just the cost of the console and the games. It just just incredible um, uh, i mean i i think i think this generation is going to have more people hold off and buying it than ever before um and i don't think that's just because of the demand i know both i know a lot of the cons pre-orders have sold out but i don't i wonder how much of that is because of limited production because of covid so i don't know whether i don't know i mean i certainly i certainly can't afford to buy one but I, at the same time i don't know if i want to for the same reasons i've got a switch too and i've got I've got a huge back catalogue of games on my Switch that I need to get through, let alone my PS4. Um, and we talked about the Doom games earlier. I've still, I, I want to play those Doom games. I just haven't got around to it because I haven't got the time. I still haven't finished Ghost of Tsushima. Don't ask. I still haven't had a chance to play it because I went back and played The Witness, and you know I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, it's it, the current the current generation is fine and it's going to be fine for a long time and i don't think publishers are going to stop making games for it for a long time i mean when did they stop making ps3 games after the ps4 was released three years four years don't even know right i mean that's the thing so it's the same with the xbox i mean the xbox strategy is even is has got this whole backwards compatibility thing so they're going to be able to play games on the xbox one x you have to really check yourself with these names for a long time before 
you know that the the fact that people are still buying those consoles now, even with the current generation. I know there was a lot of people who got their branding confused. It's easy to get confused, but they still bought those consoles, and they're probably still going to continue to get them. If you see what I mean? Because the games are going to be backwards compatible. They're going to work across three different generations of con- three different consoles. I don't know. It's, I can't see how how this current generation is going to just die out the way the previous generations have. I think people can't afford to. Yeah. Will, did you you wanted to get a PS5, didn't you? Yes. Uh, I'm going to play an opposite tune to you guys. I want a PS5. I need a PSI. Give me a PS5. <laughs> Well, uh, obviously, I'm happy waiting for one. Basically, uh, I was looking at the pre-order thing, and yeah, no luck. Like, every site that you went to, you know, crashes, stuff like that, no availability, Mm -hmm. all that, which I'm absolutely happy with because I have the last console, which was great. And as we say, long list of games to play. And the launch lineup at the moment isn't the strongest, to be honest with you. And And obviously, I don't want game developers to crunch and go, give me more games at release, but uh, yeah, for you know, Spider-Man Mars Morales at the moment is the launch game that I'm looking at okay. uh, right now. Going, oh, that that's pretty interesting. I'd really like to play that, but it's not exactly like you know, The Last of Us Two, right? You know, it's kind yeah. of like a Spider-Man 1.5 almost, like kind of like a spin-off of that. So except, yeah, and like they've except they're selling it at full on. price. They're selling it at fifty pounds, which is actually going to be cheap for uh PS5. yeah yeah it's cheap it, 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 but they're doing that so they can keep price parity with the ps4 is the ps4 version going for 50 pounds or is that going for 30 pounds I, I think the ps4 version went for 60 at the uh, 60 no no no, no. i mean i mean miles Sorry. miles morales is being released on the ps4 as well so is it 50 pounds oh, yeah. on the ps4 as well because that i assume they would i assume they wouldn't release it 60 would they they would it would be at least 50 when it has I'm not to be quite right sure. but then that's a full price game for the current generation you know On, honestly i'd really like for them to bundle miles morales with the ps5 mm. you know they've been marketing it and i want it <laughs> but uh yeah but like going back to the, the point that we were saying uh, same thing with the ps4 with me and kieran um and ps3 as well like i had a ps3 quite late and but mostly just due to the amount of games you had you know because at the time it's like oh i have two games and a million demos because that's what you did when you first found an online store i was playing my ps2 mostly and with the ps4 generation i got that like i think uh, half a year later Mm -hmm. around six months or so later and i was mostly playing on ps3 because the launch games for the ps4 were not the strongest and with the ps5 they have done a lot more steps uh in terms of the online so if you're a playstation plus member which i am they're giving you tons of ps4 exclusive games and even though i've played half of them there's some there's half of them like persona 5 or uh resident evil 7 which i'm like oh my god i can't wait to play that that was one of the great games of this gen that i missed out on Mm. so i think they've done good in making those new console and same with xbox as well game pass which is as many people say, ridiculous value for what it's worth, you know, a tenner a month. But um, I think it's great value uh, and it does make, give you worth for that new console. And the one thing as we're talking about the next years or so is, is that most of the showcases that PlayStation and Xbox have done have been games for 2021. And pretty much most of those 2021 games look really good. So even though God of War didn't have, uh, you know, had, kind of like a reveal trailer it you know that's coming out 2021 
Horizon Forbidden West is coming out 2021. Uh, I think the Hogwarts uh, Harry Potter game is coming out 2021. Halo Infinite, if you're an Xbox guy, is 2021. Um, yeah. I'm not sure about Fable, but they've put a lot of stuff in the next year. And pretty much all of it looks really, really good. And I think this next generation is looks like it's going to be a great generation. So, you know, once again, I'm happy holding off, you know, because, you know, I've got a long list of games that I want to go back and play. You know, I have tons of games on my PS4 right now that I'm like, yeah, free games that I haven't played at the moment. Mm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but that being said, if you are picking up a PS5 or Xbox Series X, it might be one of the better console launches uh, as of late, just due to those online services. So, and what, 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 uh, well, hold on, though. Let's forget forget the online services for a second, all right? Look at the games. Yeah. What's what's yes. what's happening on the Xbox with the games? What are they launch games titles now? Oh, their launch games have mostly been stuff like uh, not really exclusives, but like I think you know, like your Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, exactly. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, exactly. and your Watch Dogs stuff. That, but that's the same case with the PS5 as well, because PS5 is Demon Souls as well. Aside from that, they have a Sackboy game, which hasn't really had that much coverage, yeah, yeah, which is kind of a shame, because it's, it's Little Big Planet, which was obviously hugely popular mm-hmm. on the PS3. But yeah, most of them are third-party title games. But due to those online services, it's kind of making those consoles worth it at launch. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I would agree with you that the launch games that right now aren't the strongest, but that's the same way I felt about the last two generations. And I wouldn't tell you that the PS3 or PS4 with bad consoles, I love them both. So, and I feel like with the PS5 as well, you you are actually getting value in the sense of you getting enhanced versions um, of those new uh, older games that you're getting. Same thing with the Xbox as well. Mm. I don't know. I I think I think you're gonna have. I think okay. Here's here's my theory, right? So maybe this is a generational thing. I talk about generational things a lot, but then I to run a retro video game place, so maybe that's probably why. Uh, you, the people with the n- amount of money that what you know the disposable income to put on those consoles the are generally going to be older in uh, probably more stable environments you know who have been around the previous generations quite a lot and um they're the ones who are probably not going to be used to well, I'm, I'm including myself in this and i'm Completely could be completely wrong, but they're the ones who are not going to be used to all these online services. They're the ones that are going to be. I'm certainly going to be looking at the games that are there at launch and the games that are going to be in the next couple of years, and uh, and particularly if they're exclusives. So if none of that is appealing to me and the online services don't appeal to me because of the generational thing, then I'm not going to spend four hundred fifty pounds on a console. So I think I think this is going to be the worst launch for a generation in years i i genuinely think that in terms of quality or in terms of business in terms of business like in terms of business i think okay. people i don't think either console are going to sell that much for this there is also the fact that there's a global pandemic on at the moment and people probably don't have right. a lot of money well when 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 you said they're not going to sell as much i did just think and even though you're right about like launch you know box sales and stuff like that with the pandemic yeah. and obviously kind of a recession going on the pre-orders though <laughs> For both consoles, they were insane. Yeah, but the, people, I, how I, much of that is I, hype? I think, I think it's maybe. I mean, no maybe hype. a lot of it's hype. But that's, yeah, that's everything. You know, <laughs> I think the the, the the counterpoint to that is that gaming is more popular now than it ever has mm, been. True. And both Sony and Microsoft 
they understand the power of, of branding, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I've got to be honest with myself. I've, I've said, you know, one day I'll get a PS5. A lot of that is just down to brand loyalty. It's partially yeah. the exclusives. It's things like the Horizon sequel. But I like the PlayStation brand. I've become a Sony fanboy uh, over the last couple of years. As have I, um, as have I. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just like the branding. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like at the moment it almost seems like they're in the, the position that most companies dream of, where they can't actually, they can't supply, they can't meet the demand. Uh, almost. I I think you were right earlier when you said people are going to struggle to get consoles uh, even in, in the early next year. Um, Definitely. Which for Sony and Microsoft, that's the, that's the dream, right? They'll be. <laughs> you know they they can't produce enough to to, to meet demand. That's ideal. But, but are they not able um, to produce enough because of the pandemic? Because manufacturing is taken here, and because people aren't in jobs, or are they purposely scaling it down because they want to create this hype? They want people to really want to console. And like you know, the more you think, oh, it's sold out. I'm going to try and get it next time. Oh, it's still sold out. I definitely want to get one next time. You, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I subscribe to this theory with Nintendo, right? Like, Nintendo are definitely ones for holding back on hardware intentionally. Remember SNES Cla- uh, the NES Classic Mini? Uh, I mean, when they, when they launched that, it sold loads and it was crazy hype and people were like, oh, oh my God, this is the best, best mini console ever. So they had the opportunity to, to understand how the SNES Classic was going to sell. But they didn't manufacture enough in the beginning, did they? There was a whole palaver with like people not being able to buy it for ages and ages, and then they flooded the market with. I, I, I really think that manufacturers, like the console manufacturers, are definitely, definitely building hype by holding back, because I don't know. I. It's definitely possible. Do you think Nintendo accidentally learned that with the Wii? Because you remember there was a Wii. The drop. Wii was the first time. That's also a very, very important thing to note, right? Because until the Wii came along, there wasn't really a problem with pre-orders not being able to be fulfilled, right? The Wii came along, and there was a massive drought. And I think, yeah, Nintendo did learn that lesson. I think they they were completely over. That was a genuine case of being overwhelmed because no one expected the Wii to be so popular, right? The Wii was huge. Uh, I don't know. I remember the ridiculousness of the Wii. There's another thing we forgot to talk about as well, and that is the scalpers. I mean, the scalpers are, are definitely taking advantage of this these fiascos, and they're able to buy these consoles and then put them straight back on eBay or another another auction sites are available uh, for for ridiculous amounts of money. So I don't know. I think um, I hope that like you know for those scalpers that like. You know, granted, you know, you bought the pre-order and when you buy something, it's yours. You can do what you yeah. want. But I really hope no one buys their stuff and, and they've wait. got an un, they're an unhappy person with a PS5. Just, just wait. Just wait. Don't pay yes. someone yeah. like that an extra yes. two Don't, don't spend £1,000 when, if you wait at November slash Christmas slash maybe later, it's going to be £400. Or in the case, I, mean, I don't want to say as low as... But you know, as low as two hundred and fifty pounds, you know, like, and it's it's horrible because obviously a lot of people, there's tons of demand, and there's obviously a lot of people really excited about this new generation. Um, 
But anyway, that's just kind of something that happens, isn't it? I, I do think, though, that these consoles... The one thing I did like about having a console early is, is that it basically sets you up for the next five or so years of you know gaming. You don't have to wait to get a PS5. Because I remember uh, a few of the first like big proper titles that came on PS4 was uh, Middle of Shadow Mordor was one of them. Uh, which and that had a multiple release. It was on PS3 and PS4, and uh, the first Metal Gear Solid Five game, which was kind of like a um, a demo that you had to pay twenty quid for, but like they both like blew me away in terms of, like the graphics of it, and I was so happy that I actually got like the next gen version of mm. that. So uh, I mean, I I would want it just to set me up for the future anyway. But as we said, maybe there's probably going to be price drops. There will be. You can find there will be. Uh, places. So it is worth waiting. But uh... Price drops and bundles. Bundles. I mean, that's... But, uh, bundles are definitely the key thing here. I think they're, 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 the fact they haven't announced any bundles, they're missing a trick. But then, do bundles really apply anymore when you've got digital versions of both your consoles? That could be why they're not announced. Them. Well, you could, st- you could still bundle a game in digitally. Mm. You know? Yeah, but... You can still have, you know, uh, okay, you can have Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, available to play regardless of any subscription on a digital PS5, can't yeah, you? Yeah, I guess, I guess. And and maybe that's the easier way to do it. Like, you know, you don't have a disc of it. You don't have a disc. You have a PS5 and here's Spider-Man. And I'd really like them to do that. I mean, Wii Sports is actually technically one of the best-selling games of all time. Because it came on the... And part of that is just that it was bundled, wasn't yeah. it? But, like, if you look on any list, uh, it's up yeah. there. And let's be honest, right? Everyone played Wii Sports who had a Wii. And everyone loved Wii Sports who had a Wii. So, you know, I think they're missing the trick there. You know, giving people like a Spider-Man game, which is almost universally beloved, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, even if you're not too big on the superhero thing, you go, okay, might be fun to play, you know? And and from what I gather, this is going to be a a much shorter experience from the PS4 title. So it seems like a very good game to go, right, here's the PS5, jump in, here's what you've got with xbox because i'm not quite certain what their launch games are i'm not sure what the good equivalent would have been i know obviously with game pass you essentially get like a thousand launch games but like um you know obviously they're missing halo infinite yeah halo infinite's the one that we know isn't going to be there um yeah but you know yeah like it's still something that it feels like we bought the console now why should i have to buy another game for it you know i mean obviously i'm going to buy games over it eventually but, you know, for all I know, right, this probably ain't going to happen, but I could lose interest in games in the next two years, right? But, like, at least I have a game to go yeah. with it instead of having to go, okay, I bought £450. Oh, yeah, and can you pay uh, £70 now for Call of Duty? Like, no, give me a game, you know? £70 as well. Uh, yeah, and then and this is the other thing, all right, when you talk about the consoles, but the games, you know, when they are charging £70 and there's no disparity between digital and disc versions which is a thing that annoys me a lot you still you still have to pay full price for a digital version and you don't even own the game because they can just switch that off at any time they want or it's more, as you said uh, on a previous show it's more sometimes yeah or more sometimes yeah yeah um and um yeah it's it's ridiculous uh the the, the price disparity and then you have to also subscribe to a service sometimes with some of these games so you're paying 70 pounds for a game and you've got microtransactions on top of it and you got everyone every, you know so look at look at your destiny style games where you know you, 
sorry, I'm getting, I'm going to go off on a tangent now. But the whole point of a game should be you buy it and play it. And if there's if there's some some something like you know an online world that you take part in, then that's fine. But microtransactions are the worst. So and this next generation is probably going to be just as bad as this current generation of microtransactions. So you're paying. £450 for a console, £70 for a game, and then you have to pay your microtransactions for a progressing game, probably a subscription service to play the game online. I mean, it's ridiculous amounts of money. Who can afford to be a gamer? Uh, you know, I, I know the costs of making games have gone up, but have they gone up to such an extent? Have they really? Well, when people say, uh, are games too expensive to make, I'm like, right. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I like a lot of the games that come out today, but how's that my problem? Because more people are playing games now than ever before, so it's up to you to find an appropriate way to actually sell your games and make money out of it without actually looking at your customers and thinking, hmm, how can we make a cheap uh, buck out of this? You know, like, it's not my it's not my fault that like you know you made this game and you couldn't make money out of it. You know, as a business, don't do that. <laughs> Plus, it's obviously not true. Like, are, are we? Are we expected to believe that Naughty Dog didn't make any money from Last of Us Part Two? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, it obviously <laughs> costed a lot to make. But did it? Yeah, did did they not make? They might. They probably made a profit, but... though. I think it's significant to say. And, and let's not also forget the the very thriving indie, indie game development scene. Now, I, I know a few indie game developers. I know it's hard, and I know it's hard to get your game noticed. But in terms of I'm very jumping to conclusions here, and you know we probably have developers on here that will correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, but I'm pretty sure the cost of development of a game isn't hugely significant, and that could be down to your team sizes. If you've got a small team, which you can have in independent game developers, they probably don't have a lot of costs, and so if they can make games and possibly make some money on it, why do? Why do the big game companies say, or the triple A's say that it costs lots of money? It's marketing, right? That's probably it. They probably spend more of their money on marketing and the top end stuff like your executives than they do on. Because look at look at what's happening with Cyberpunk at the moment. They they they're being made to crunch and work weekends. All those developers are working their their butts off on that game. Are they actually getting paid for that? I, I don't know. What? How does it work? Do they get paid over time, or are they just getting paid a salary on a yearly basis? I don't. And so you know, the vast majority of times in gaming, you're not paid over time, from what I gather. At least in the big, you know, kind of AAA so, thing. So then, know. so relevant though, isn't it? If if they're getting paid over time or toil, you shouldn't have to be forced to work more than well in, in law you shouldn't have to force in the uk more than 48 hours a, a week, week yeah. without consenting mm-hmm. um so it just even if you are getting overtime or toil the, the i think it's the pressure isn't it that to 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 agree to something like mm-hmm. that um it's a bit dubious it's also different depending on the pub, uh, developer so i know like the gearbox like and there was quite controversy with borderlands 3 which made a lot of money but it wasn't split evenly but like that the, those games are released and then they split the money based on how much money it makes so like if it did if it was a huge success you're probably gonna have you know you're probably gonna do well but if it's a flop mm. then it's a flop and you haven't done very well so uh yeah but that's obviously one individual case but you know obviously all these companies like cyberpunk is made by cd project red who are in poland mm. obviously 
there aren't too many published games to kind of get to the mainstream like uh, The Witcher has and like Cyberpunk is going mm. to. So this is just interesting cases of how kind of crunch works, you know. We digress anyway on that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to see what the knock-on effects of costs are in making games, right? And see whether they are, you know, the argument that it costs more to make games actually holds. Uh, You know, anyway. Um, All right, so we could talk about the next gen. We are going to probably talk about the next gen loads more on the next few podcasts anyway. So uh, let's let's leave it at that for now. Uh, It will come up again, I'm sure. So, recommendations of the week. Um... I didn't have a recommendation this week because I've mostly been going back to previous games that we've talked about. However, as we were talking earlier in the podcast, something popped into my head. I think I'm going to recommend that anyone who hasn't played Spider-Man on the PS4 should go and play it now. Uh, it's a great game. Uh, Will, you need to play it. You need to play it. Should I wait for the remastered? No. Go and play it now because because if you unless you do get a PS5 on launch day, but are you getting a PS4? I won't. Oh, I won't. I won't. So th- <laughs> therefore, go and get the PS4 version now. It's a great game. It holds up. It's it, it, it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Anyway, that's my recommendation. Just gonna. That's all I'm gonna say. I might even replay it soon. Um, Will, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm jumping on the bandwagon once everyone's jumped off it. Uh, Four Guys Ultimate Knockout, right. which. Um, Honestly, like so, like I was a bit late with it just because I was playing different games at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I just thought, okay, I'll try it out, see what it is, because it was a free game on PlayStation Plus, and it's a fun game to just kind of sit back in. And you know, like I, I normally play very intense games, like you know, like your Last of Us is like your Horizon Zero Dawn mm-hmm. that require game progression and all that. This is just like, okay, here you are, get to the end and win. And that's it. And we'll qualify for the next round. And uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I, I do like it and I'm happy to recommend it, but I do hate it half the time <laughs> I'm playing it. Because whenever I'm eliminated, it's not my fault, okay? <laughs> uh, I, I confess, I have. I, I, there's been lots of hype over the last few weeks. Everyone's been talking about it. I still have not really played it. I did get it when it was free on uh, PlayStation Plus, so it's there sitting on the PS4, but. I, I, I just, this is another game to invest time in, and I feel like. Well, to be honest, right? I mean, like I never play games like that because it's like, even though you can play this game in five minutes and you'll know exactly everything you need to know about okay. it. So if you just want to spend, like, okay, I've got ten minutes worth trying it out, you can do that. I'm in the same boat as you, where I just play one game. Well, I mean, I'm not sure, but yeah, like, I normally right. just play one game and go through it to yeah, the end. Too. So I never normally play Fall Guys because that's just my time playing a game. But yeah, it's a fun game to just kick back in sometimes okay. and just, you know, th- you know, th- you don't, you're not getting invested in just playing another game. And as I said, I do hate it half the time. But as soon as I go, oh, I hate it, I was knocked out. All you have to do is press X to go on a new game. Of course. So it's just like, this, all right, I'm done with this game and I've already pressed X to go on uh, another game. So normally it hooks me on for like another hour or two. Interesting. A lot of sleepless nights over playing it, so it's really fun. I would recommend it wholeheartedly. Okay. It's a great game. All right, uh, Kieran, what are you playing at the moment, or recommending, or uh, both? Well, uh, yeah, I am playing a few games at the minute that I'm quite early in on. In addition to Fall Guys, which I'm desperately trying to kick because, <laughs> like you say, it's just so uh, so Moorish. So you know, just one more game, just one more game, okay. all the time. 
Um, so I'm actually going to recommend something I played last month, and it's something that I think in particular the uh, listeners of this podcast would enjoy if they haven't played it already, and that's uh, Celeste, okay. which, um, yeah, actually, thinking about it, it's not really the kind of game I would normally play. It's a 2D uh, sort of Twitch platformer. Okay. Uh, it was in it was in quite a lot of conversations of sort of game of the year for last I year. Remember, yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, sort of Twitch platformer, kind of some comparisons with uh, Super Meat Boy. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So if you enjoyed that, it's very kind of similar in the same way that you, you died, you can instantly restart again. Um, controls are very simple. Uh, um, girl whose name i can't remember don't it's not celeste um <laughs> <laughs> before anyone says that um oh man that's annoying madeline the girl you play as madeline she's got very simple control set okay. you move about you uh jump dash and climb and that's literally it okay. um, then each level introduces something new to interact with so there might be um, a bubble where if you jump into the bubble and then press a direction, it will go in that direction and then you jump out of it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's again, super Moorish. Uh, it's actually got quite a nice little story, which is about, um, it's, people are saying it's about depression, but it, and it is, that. but I think it's about, men, I think it's about mental health in a sort of wider way and about the sort of, the parts of us that we don't mm-hmm. like and that kind of thing and um yeah it's interesting because it's sort of like it didn't need to have a story um because the gameplay is sort of the main part of it and it's the main reason why it's a great game but it's also really nice to have a story that's decent and about something mm-hmm. uh as well um so yeah infuriating in places but um, but definitely worth a play and and visually very very nice. It looks like what you might remember what a SNES game looks like, but definitely doesn't. Uh, <laughs> so cut, it's really really nice. It's kind of modern retro, it's, modern modern. Yeah, exactly exactly that. I am um, really soundtrack as well. Oh, soundtrack as well. Okay, that's always important. Uh, Tom P has talked about that game before uh, to me, and he again I think Celeste has been on my radar as a game to play for a long time. Did you? What platforms is it on? I played it on PC, and I be I'll be honest, I mainly played it because it was free on Epic Games okay. um, a while ago. But um, I believe it's on uh, PS4 and Switch, and probably Xbox. Let's see if it's on. It's um, definitely it's definitely on Switch, okay. and I think it is on PS4 as well. Okay, if it's on it'd Switch, be- that's a nice Switch. easy way to play it for me because the Switch is just well, wife is watching TV, so. Great. Uh, I'd like that. All right. So that's Celeste and Fall Guys. I might have to try both of these at some point, but it's, it's time. It's all time, isn't it? Um, <laughs> We've got three ga- uh, great games this week. Yeah, it's really good games, actually. Yeah, I like that. All right. Okay. So um, we're going to do last things. Uh, I'm just going to talk about a few things that are going on in the arcade vaults. Right, uh, big mode. Um, uh, so uh, we obviously in the arcade vaults, things are very different to what they were even four weeks ago, let alone four months ago. Um, but we are trying to carry on in the safest way possible and carry on running events. So there are at least 
three things happening between now and the end of October. Possibly more, uh, definitely more, in fact. So this Saturday we have an online D&D event. So if anyone is listening or watching, we are going to put a link to this. You don't have to be in Cardiff or in Wales to come to this event. You can do it online. There is a fee because the guys running it are working hard and creating these one-shot adventures. But you can join in and play online. Um, there's four games. There's two. They're repeated, so there's eight chances to play D&D. Uh, in one day on Saturday um, it'll be fun the guys work really hard in their adventures they're about four hours long each um, yeah and there's there's ways, ways to play apparently you can like roll dice on nine and all sorts of things um, we're also doing something very different in the half term week at the end of October we're going to be doing two events first I'll start back to front we're going to do a quiz the online quiz is back, but it's not just online. We are also going to be doing the quiz in the arcade. So you can come in, pay entry, and there'll be a prize. Or if you don't want to pay and you just want to join in for fun, you can do do so online like we have done, because we have done an online quiz before, um, hosted a while we were in lockdown. Uh, but this time I'll actually be in, uh, in the arcade. Um, I think I'll be running. I don't know. Someone else might run it. But we are doing a Halloween quiz It'll be Halloween themed uh, and video game themed, of course. And the 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 different thing that we're doing uh, that week is also going to be uh, it's going to be a ramen night, uh, ramen drink and game night. Uh, we are RDG. You see what I did there? It's not RPG. It's RDG. Uh, we're going to do a night where you can come in and eat a nice big bowl of ramen and play some games and get a discount on your drink. It's going to be loads of fun. Um, on the 29th of October, that's a Thursday, tickets will be going online imminently for both of those. And um, that's kind of it, really. Um, there's uh, there's, there's uh, <laughs> not much else going on uh, currently this week. Um, just video game stuff, really. Uh so uh, thanks, Will, and thanks, Kieran, for coming on and chatting this week. Uh, I'll get back into the swing of things properly and catch up on all the news that's happening in a week this time and not try to rush through it all. Uh, so next time we'll be able to spend a bit more time dissecting the news because, you know, that's what we do here on the Arcade Vaults podcast. We're, yeah, we're really deep like that. Um, so, yeah, thanks both again for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll see you all on a future podcast again. Uh, Kieran, we'll see you in shop soon. Will, we'll definitely see you in the shop soon. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, thank and thank you for listening and watching, everyone, uh, and hope to see you soon. Bye.